good to be in the presence of his people on the day the Lord has made. I'm looking for great and exciting things. Hallelujah. I'm glad to see everybody here. We've got a couple of new faces and uh, some, some babies with us. Amen. Glad to see Papa back. Amen. Amen. So worried about him and prayed for him regularly and tell you it's just good to be here <coughs> and I'm a little creepy I did have one scripture on my heart though and uh, we'll go however the Lord leads us and uh, but if you want to turn to John chapter 5 this is what I got up thinking this morning I got up thinking about how the devil just lies to us I mean don't he <laughs> uh, everything he says is just a lie and somehow or another even though we know he's a liar we still believe him we get caught up in his lies Somehow, we do. And uh, I just thought about, I'm tired of being caught up in the devil's lies. I just, I, I mean, I know the truth, and the truth has made us free. Now we got to walk in that truth, and we got to believe that truth. We got to hear that truth. We got to speak that truth. We got to be that truth, right? But if you're with me in John chapter 5, this was the scripture, John chapter 5 and Genesis chapter, I think it's 3. Go with me to Genesis real quick first, and we'll read that one and get it out of the way, and then go to chapter 5. Genesis chapter 3. It's going to be verse 11. Genesis 3 and 11. The Bible says, And he said, speaking of God, And God said, Who told thee that thou wast naked? That one verse. Who told you that you are naked? Now go with me to John chapter 5, verse 1. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and the Jews went up to Jerusalem. And there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. Verse 3, we're going to get into it. And these, in these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. Now, if you stop right there, that tells me something all together by itself. There's a group of people here that's identifiable. Is that right? Identifiable from the townsfolk. Identifiable from the temple folk. These were sick folk. These were folk that had a condition. These were folk that gathered together. You know, when I go to, let's say, uh, the doctor's office, I don't expect to see a whole bunch of lawyers there. I expect to see sick folk there. And it seems like people, there's an old saying. Come on, y'all, get with me for just a second. There's an old saying that says, birds of a feather flock together. <laughs> right? And you know what I find? That in our churches, there's the same thing going on. It's the truth. You get one bad apple, <laughs> let's say one person, a tail-toter, and before you know it, they have found other tail-toters. And then before you know it, they're all sitting together, and they're all agreeing, you know. Uh, let's say we get one person who doesn't like what the preacher's preaching. Just for instance, that ain't happening here, but I'm just saying, you know. And before you know it, they're going to go around and they're going to call. They're going to talk to some folk. They're going to fish. What they're doing is fishing. They're throwing their, 
it's hard to keep up with me. I'm sorry. I'll try to stand still. I'm a walker. But they're fishing, you know. They're, they're seeing who will bite. I'm throwing some bait out. Who will bite? And then if somebody says, well, you know, I, that brother John Matter, yeah, then before you know it, they're sitting together. They're agreeing. Hey, let's not even say Brother Matter. Let's say Susie. Because I've had a plenty of them come sit again me. That's Susie. I find something wrong with her. I find, she's a girl. She's this. She's that. She's not this. She's not that. And before you know it, you got a pew of them. A pew? Yes, because they want to gather together. <laughs> and, and, and when you're up trying to do something for the Lord, you'll see somebody elbow somebody else. Right there. Right there. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Oh, my goodness. Or what about this? They give you the mic and they say, Sister Susie, won't you come on and open the service up? And then somebody just gets up, walks outside. I seen him outside. The church had windows in the doors, just smoking a cigarette, walking around on the porch, looking in, make sure I'm still up there. <laughs> I'm not even telling you a lie. So what I see here in Jerusalem, <laughs> it's funny now, it wouldn't be. <laughs> but what I see in Jerusalem, what I see at Bethesda, was a bunch of folk that had some needs. And they were depending on this pool. So here they are. In, the, in these lay a great multitude of impotent folk. A great multitude, not just a couple. Do you know there's power in believing and agreeing one with the other? There's strength in that. Even the Lord teaches that a threefold cord is hard broken. So if you've got three folk in your church being disruptive, being disobedient, being rude, coming against something that the church believes in or stands for or is operating in, then what you've got is you've got a seed of the enemy. A seed of the enemy. So here's a whole bunch of folk who are sick. And the angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled the water. Whosoever then first, after the troubling of the water, stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. Now the next thing I see is I see a bunch of folk waiting for this water to move. Now it only moved at a certain season. So what happened the rest of the time? The water was still. What happens to still water? I tell you right now, I can go. My grandma used to get those big drums, these big barrels, and set them in the leak of the house. And that water, you know, every time it rained, it'd fill those drums up. But between rains, the sun would hit it, and it would just sit still. Well, it wouldn't, didn't take, you know what I'm talking about. It didn't take but just a few days, so there was wiggle tails in that. You couldn't drink it. It was stagnant. It was full of uh, uh, crit critters. Uh, we call them wiggle tails, but I think they're like mosquito larvae or something. I'm not sure what they were, but anyway, they were nasty little things. All kind of bacteria. So here is a pool with a bunch of sick folk in stagnant water. I don't see nothing good coming out of it. I don't see nothing good coming out of it. But all of a sudden, here appears the Lord. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity for 38 years. 38 years. So what, what, I, what I'm getting here is 38 years. This man had an infirmity, apparently. Said, said he was infirmed. A certain man was there which had an infirmity for 38 years. Now, I am notoriously late 
everywhere I go and everything I do. Just go ahead and write it up, Sister Susie. She can't help herself. She's terrible with time. It's just going to happen. You can beat me. You can hound me. You can chasten me. But it's going to happen. I can't help it. Y'all going to have to love me anyways according to the Word of God. So I can give that man the first year. He probably gets there, drags himself there. Angel done come down. <laughs> done come down, trouble the waters. There's already a line. He can't get in. Second year, he's probably waiting around, waiting around. He's there. He's on the premises. The angel comes down, and the other folk is quicker than he is. But by that third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth year, I'd be camping out. I'd be camping out. I'd have me a cooler full of sandwiches. I'd be right there at the pool like this is the pool. I'd be right here. And I'd be like, the angel come down, I'm in. Angel come down, I'm in. You know, I'm waiting. When the sky's open and the earth starts shaking, I'm done making my move. <laughs> come on, somebody. But you know what? We get used to things. And we get comfortable with things. And we begin to, it becomes a part of who we are. It becomes a part of our DNA. And the Lord comes to him, I like this, and when Jesus saw him lie, didn't even acknowledge that he was impotent, did not acknowledge that he was sick, did not acknowledge that he was lame, halt, or maimed, says that a lot of other folk were that way. But the Bible says when Jesus looked at him, he saw him laying there. Uh-oh. So you got to read the word. Just saw him laying there. <laughs> Is that right? And when Jesus saw him laying there, he knew that he had been a long time in that case. I'm telling you, I feel like the Lord's going to come down and do something for us this morning because he's seen us a long time in a certain way. Hallelujah. Now, the devil's a liar. That's what we started out with, Brother Donald, this morning. The devil's a liar. See, the devil has come, and he's told us this thing ain't happening. That calling you have, it ain't going nowhere. That anointing God put in you when you was a boy or a little girl, and you ain't never used it, that's because there ain't nothing to it. He's a liar. But God's coming down. Hallelujah. He's walking by this way. We're not sitting by a stagnant pool this morning. <laughs> we didn't come to us hear a stagnant word. We didn't come to receive a stagnant move. We didn't come to hear something that was preached five years ago, ten years ago, twenty years ago. Amen. I'm telling you, I feel revival. I feel a moving glory to God. I feel like the Lord's going to walk by this way and He's going to do something for somebody. Hallelujah! Because He's seen us laying. Hallelujah! He knew that there was a call inside of us, amen. He knew there was a word inside of us. He knew there was a song inside of us. And the devil's lied and the devil's lied. And we've tried. Come on, somebody. We've tried to make it work. We've done everything we knew to do in our own power and our own ability. But we couldn't get it off the ground, amen. <laughs> he went to the pool. He was honestly trying. He could have been just at home in bed. But no, for 38 years, he went and he waited. Hallelujah. But the Lord saw him. Glory to God. Amen. And when Jesus saw him lie, and he knew that he had been there a long time in that case, he said unto him, will you be made whole? How bad do you want it? Do you really want this? 
Hey, I'm asking you this morning, is this something you really want? Or are we just going to take her old bed back home? Amen. Or are we just going to take her old problems right back home and come back next Sunday? I'm telling you, I've come Sunday after Sunday looking for something. And just because I hadn't got it just yet, I'll be back next Sunday. I'll keep pressing. I'll keep praying. I'll keep waiting. Amen. Because one day, the Lord's going to walk by and He's going to see me. And he's going to say, I tell you what, that girl right there, she may not be the best I got, but she's consistent. Come on, somebody. <laughs> she may not be Joyce Meyer. She may not be, I don't know, some famous minister, but my God, she's consistent with it. Yes, she falls and she skins herself, but she gets right back up. My God, she looks for a word that she can repent over. Come on, somebody. Is that right? See, church ain't all about pats on the back and great big swelling words and what you can do. Hallelujah. It's about getting right with God. It's about staying right with God. It's about letting God use you. Hallelujah. I want to be used. Come on, is that right? Let me tell you what the man said. Jesus asked him, he said, do you want to be whole? Do you want this? How bad do you want this? Do you really want this? I mean, I see you've been coming. I understand that. See, Jesus, uh, he only lived 32 years. Is that right according to the Word of God? Is that right, 32? 33? 33 years. Well, the man had been sick 38. <laughs> He'd been sick longer than Christ had even walked the earth. But yet Jesus said, you know what? I got something for you. <laughs> Woo! The devil's a liar this morning. He's been lying to us and we've been eating it and we've been believing it and we've been sitting around. But Jesus come by. This. Do you want this? Wilt thou be made whole? And the impotent man answered him, Sir, I ain't got nobody. That wasn't what he asked him. I ain't got nobody. Preacher, you want to preach? I ain't got a single pastor that will invite me to a church. Singer, do you want to sing? I ain't had the first invitation. That ain't what God asked. <laughs> I ain't got nobody who will help me. My daddy wasn't a preacher. My grandmama, she didn't teach me the Bible like some of these other saints. That's not what God's asking. God ain't asking you credentials. He ain't asking who your daddy was, who your mama was, who your grandmama was. He said, I want to know what you got in you right now. I want to know, do you want to work for me? Do you want to go for me? Do you want to be whole? Amen. And he said, sir, I have no one when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. He said, you don't need nobody to put you into the pool. You don't need nobody to recommend you. Hallelujah. You know what I would have given just for a good recommendation for, for the past 25 years? Amen. When the Lord would anoint me and I'd feel like I had a burning word inside of me, brother, and I'd wave my hands like, can I testify? Can I just brag on Jesus? Can I just say something? I just feel something bubbling inside of me. My God, can I just testify? Amen. And then I'd testify and then have four or five people just chew me up and spit me out. Just, I mean, come on. Just chew me up. Have you been chewed up a time or two? I mean, have you really been cast out? Has your name been cast out as evil? <laughs> have you made a mistake and maybe done something? Hey, it ain't always the lies that get you in trouble. Sometimes it's the truth. 
Sometimes you just do the wrong thing at the wrong time in the wrong place. Sometimes you willfully get mad at God and backslide and do stuff. Hey, I, am I preaching to anybody? Because <laughs> I kind of feel the Word of God moving inside of me. <laughs> Sometimes we just absolutely mess up and make a mess of things. That's what grace is for. Somebody wave your hand and say, thank God for grace. Thank God for the blood. Amen. Because it's still a blood-bought way. His blood still covers sin. Come on, somebody. I'm serving a God, amen, whose blood is able to cleanse me from all my sins, from all my iniquities, from all my transgressions. i got a God that's big enough to pick me up out of the mire and set me on a solid foundation. Nothing good that I could ever do. Nothing good I could ever be, amen. But it's him. It's him. It's the blood. It's the cross. It's the crown. Hallelujah. It's Jesus this morning. It's Jesus this morning. My God. (laughs) But while I'm coming, another steps before me. Another steps before me. Well, I could do something for God. If it wasn't for Deborah Elder back there. (laughs) I said her because she's the sweetest person in the whole church. (laughs) She ain't going to bother nobody. But somebody will find fault with you, Sister Deborah, if you go to church long enough. Somebody will find a fault with you. (laughs) You know why? Because that's the devil's job. And he's always on his job. Is that right? So he said, you know, I would... I would do something. I would get in that water. I would make my way down there. I would do something for God. But another steps in front of me. I would do something if it wasn't for that huge upsetness 15 years ago. You know what? I fell. Hey, I'm talking serious. I'm I'm talking about me. I'm talking about Susie. I don't know how long ago it's been. I don't even like thinking about it. But it's been about 10, 10, 15 years ago, I guess, something like that. I completely fail. 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 Nothing pretty in it, Sister Kathy. Completely fail. But you know what God told me? He said, Susie, I didn't call you to failure. That's flesh. That's you. You fail. We fail. And I'll tell you, if you, the Bible says any man that says that he has not known any sin, he's, he's a liar. <laughs> but thank God for grace. Is that right? I mean, I'm just being honest with you. We can play like we're all that in a bag of chips, but you ain't going nowhere. I ain't going because this is the church. (laughs) This is a body ministry. Come on, somebody wave at your neighbor and say, you ain't going nowhere any quicker than I am. (laughs) Sometimes I see people on the interstate and they want to sweep by me and cut me off. And 75, I was going to Windy Hill Friday, trying to get to Windy Hill and 75, the Highway 75 into Atlanta. You know what I'm talking about. You a truck driver. Oh, my God Almighty. It was back to back to back to back to back to back. But there'd be one little opening. I mean, not big enough for a car, but my God, somebody would sweep in. And I'd say, where are you going? Where, really? Where are you going? You're not getting there no quicker than I am. Brother, it's stopped. <laughs> it's back-to-back traffic. And so you may think you got a Maserati, and I may just have my little old uh, Hyundai, but let me tell you something, Maserati, you ain't going nowhere I ain't going because we the church. Somebody wave and say, we the church. Glory to God. Hallelujah. We need to remember, I can't make it without you, and you can't make it without me. We a body, and we going together. 
Hallelujah. He said, I would, but somebody just keeps stepping in front of me. I would, but that failure. You want to tell you something? Oh, yeah, the devil reminds me of my failure. He reminds me on a regular basis. But you know what I have to tell him? You a liar. <laughs> That's what this is about this morning. The devil's a liar. And he's wanting to hinder us from the kingdom. He's wanting to hinder us from the promise. He's wanting to hinder us from the second coming. My God, he's a liar. Now I'm going to show you something real quick. He said, I would, but somebody steps in front of me. And I can see Jesus saying, who told you you had to wait in line? Who told you? We get, see, we get caught up in religion. Church says we can only do it this way. And church says we can only do it that way. Religion says I have to wait my turn. Religion says this. Religion says that. Let me tell you something. I have seen the Spirit of God on two and three preachers at the same time ministering. Oh, that's out of order, is it? I felt God in it. I got healed in it one time. Hallelujah. I got healed in it. When there was two and three preachers preaching, it, it wasn't even in a church. We was at a little cottage prayer meeting in someone's home, and I had an asthma attack or something. I couldn't breathe. It would heat. And, and, and they had prayed for me and prayed for me. We did it church way. I asked for prayer, and they anointed me, and they prayed over me, and I still couldn't breathe, and I suffered through the whole service just... <sighs> trying to breathe, you know. And then the, the service was over and, and they dismissed and people was leaving and people was in their cars leaving. And whenever I walked off the there's three steps to that porch that went down to the ground. When my foot hit the hit terra therma, is that what it's called? Terra, when it hit the ground, when it hit the earth, I felt the power of God run through me. It was unorthodox. I wouldn't, I wouldn't in church. They had already prayed for me. Hands wouldn't lay on me. I, there was nobody speaking in tongues. People was leaving. Some of them was already gone, Sister Kathy. But I'm telling you, when I felt the power of God go through me, I threw my hands up and I began to glorify God. And everybody, I mean, there was people getting back out of their cars. <laughs> we had church all over again. Oh my God. I'm telling you, and there was a preacher took off preaching and he ran up the road this way. And one took off preaching and he ran down the road that way. There was women falling out and they was having to drag them out of the highways. I'm telling you, we need to get past religion and find God we need to get past the devil's lies and start believing again in what God told us in the beginning what did he say about you Kathy Conrad in the beginning when you heard his sweet voice hallelujah he called you into ministry Papa you've been so sick what did God tell you in the beginning? You're going to preach his word. Hallelujah. There's several of us. That's hallelujah. It's been pushed back. We felt like we've been dogged and we've been kicked and we've been cast out and, and we ain't felt like we were good enough anymore. I'm telling you, you don't need man's approval. What you need is you need to, uh, to tell that devil he's a liar. Find that original call that was in you. Hallelujah. And stand up and be accounted for. This is the day the Lord hath made. Let us rejoice. And be glad in it. Amen. Glory to God. Now I'm going to use this as an example real quick. <laughs> Let me use you, Brother Don, because you're sitting on the front. This is an example, okay? You need $10. Or the tax collectors, the debtors, they're going to come, they're going to take your family, and they're going to put them in jail. That's what they used to do. they come get your sons. Is that right? All right. 
You need $10 to pay that debt. But you're lame. You can't get up. And I come and I hold it right here. Reach for it. Reach for it. Reach for it. Right here. This is your freedom. This is your children's freedom. Reach for it. Now, hold on. Let me ask you something. Look at me. Who told you you couldn't stand up? Was it Susie or was it God? Ain't nothing wrong with your legs. Stand up, man. It was Susie. (laughs) Who told you you couldn't preach anymore? Who told you you couldn't sing anymore? Who told you you couldn't live the blessed life anymore? Who told you these lies that's hindered you and held you for 38 years? Was it God? No, it wouldn't. Because all it took was one step of Jesus walking by saying, Do you want it? (laughs) Do you want it this morning? I'm asking you, hallelujah. I'm asking you, do you want it? Do you want it? Do you want it? Do you want it? I'm feeling just a prayer right here. Do you want it? Do you want it? Do you want it? (laughs) Glory to God. Can we just close our eyes for a second? Pastor's going to come out and he's going to preach a word, but I feel the stirring of the Holy Ghost. Amen. It ain't no angel come down stirring no pool. It's the Spirit of God moving in the house this morning. He's asking you, do you want it? Will thou be made whole? Do you want your ministry? Do you want this kingdom? What is it, hallelujah, that you come here this morning for? Did you come here, like the Bible said, to see a reed shaking in the wind? Did you just come here to hear John Metter? Did you just come here this morning because it was Aunt Pat's church or because somebody invited you? Or did you come here to have an encounter with God this morning? Did you come here to get some chains broke off? Did you come here to be set free? Did you come here to repent? What did you come this morning to receive? Because the Spirit of God says, I am here. I'm in the midst. I'm standing by the pool. I am the pool. Amen. I'm the deliverer. I'm the savior. I'm the salvation of the world this morning. My God. I feel the spirit of God. Can we just reach for him for a second? Amen. Can we just reach for him, reach for him, reach for him? Glory to God. I'm telling you, I'm feeling something. Does anybody feel it or is that just me? I'm feeling God. Hallelujah. I feel God saying the devil's lied to you and the devil's beat you down and the devil has cheated you. But now it's time for you to stand up on them two feet that God gave you and be the man or the woman of God that he's called you to be. Hallelujah. Don't let this world hinder you. Don't let men's opinions hold you back. My God, stand up and be accounted for. This is the last days. And he's looking for somebody that he can uh, be strong to, uh, toward. He's looking for somebody, a vessel that he can pour himself into. My God, and become, hallelujah, the church. Glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. He's looking this morning. I'm telling you, the eyes of God is running to and fro. The eyes of God this morning is looking, 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 looking. What's he going to see? Hallelujah. Are you afraid he's going to see sin inside of you? Then, my God, right now is the time to say, Lord, forgive me. Whoop, What's he going to find? Is he going to find discouragement? Then ask him. Just be honest this morning and say, God, I'm discouraged. Hallelujah. I'll never forget that little sister named, I think it's Joni Erickson Todd. She's a quadriplegic. She can't move her hands. She can't move her arms. She can't move her legs. She had an accident, a swimming accident. It paralyzed her from the neck down. And she said, but she's a great inspiration for so many people. Hey. 
but I heard her myself give this testimony. She said, there's some mornings when my husband leaves me and I'm waiting for my babysitter to come in and pick me up and put my clothes on and wash me off and then feed me because I can't even feed myself. She said, I get so discouraged and I get so down and out. And she said, you know what I do? I begin to pray there in the darkness all by myself, all alone, completely helpless, impotent, you know. And she said, I begin to pray and I begin to say, God, I don't have a smile today, so can I borrow yours? <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about get real with God. Let's just get honest with him this morning. God, I'm helpless. God, I'm hopeless. God, I'm miserable. Just tell him what you are, amen, and allow him to heal you where you're at. Amen. Because he's invested in you. He's invested in you and the devil's lying to you and the devil's wanting to keep you bound. He's wrapped chains of religion around you. He's wrapped chains of condemnation around you. He's wrapped chains of discouragement around you. He's told you and fed you lies. He's kept you in a dungeon so long. We have that, uh, what's that syndrome called? Where you just get complacent with your uh, 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 captor. Stockholm Syndrome. Thank you, Lord. We've just uh, uh, developed Stockholm Syndrome. We're sympathetic to the devil. We're sympathetic to his lies. We believe him now. And we've got comfortable laying in his bed. Oh, my God. But I hear the Lord this morning uh, as he walks by and he sees us laying there. He don't see us like that. <laughs> he didn't see the little man impotent. He didn't see the little man lame. He didn't see him halt. Glory to God. He said, I just see him laying around her glory 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 he said I just see him lie and I know that he's been that way a long time you know you can tell when somebody's been beat down for a long time you can tell you walk up to them and that spirit connects you know that they've got the seed of God in them because you can feel the spirit of God inside of them amen but you can tell that they've been in that condition for a little while that they've been beat down and the church has cast them out or somebody's dogged them so much about some wrong that they've done or somehow something happened in their life that they just discouraged and they beat down but I'm telling you Jesus is here. <laughs> it's not by coincidence you hear this morning. It is by sovereignty. It is by grace. It is by election. Amen. Nothing happens by chance in the kingdom of God. <laughs> Woo! I'm telling you, I feel the spirit of God. That little man had an opportunity. <laughs> he had an opportunity. God gave him an opportunity. Hallelujah. This morning, if today's the last day you have on this earth, if today's the last day you'll breathe this air, and you open your eyes tomorrow and you're in eternity, I'm telling you by the providence of God, you've been given an opportunity. You've been given a decision, amen? You can believe the devil's lies or you can trust God one more time. One more time, God. One more time. In the book of Judges, there's a little man who had an awesome anointing from God. From, his, from the womb, God spoke to his mother and said, you're going to carry a... Oh, Samson. That's right. 
you're going to carry a Nazarite. So I don't want you to be drinking nothing hard. I don't want you to be doing, there's a set of rules for Nazarites. From the womb, now the mother was given those instructions. He was a Nazarite from the womb, is what the Bible said. Amen. He had a great call. He had a great ministry. God used him. But he got caught up in a scandal. He got caught up in the devil's lies. Amen. And the devil will take you as far as you will allow him to carry you. Samson wound up with his eyes punched out, beat, stripped, his hair cut. That's glory. That word naked in the beginning, in Genesis, the Bible said that they were naked. That means they didn't have any fleshly clothing on. They was clothed with the glory of God, and they did not see each other's nakedness. But once the disobedience came in, their eyes were open. They were still the very same people that they were before. But now the glory was gone, and they were condemned. They were ashamed. And the devil said, now you're naked. That's why God came along in chapter 3 and said, who told you you're naked? Who told you this? Samson, chained to a big old grist mill, having to turn, having to turn, having to turn. But he heard the voice of a child. And he said, son, come here. Lead this old blind preacher. Lead this old blind saint. Lead me one more time to the pillars. Come on, guys. I want to go to the pillars one more time. Amen. Lead me one more time to the pillars. Put my hands. Put my hands on them pillars one more time. Let me feel them. Let me feel my enemy. Let me feel my enemy. Oh, he could feel them because it was a coliseum. They were all up above him. They were all up above him like a bunch of vultures. He put his hands on them pillars, Brother Terrell, and I believe he could feel the vibrations of his enemies. Do you feel that lying devil? Do you feel him? Because you're supposed to. You're supposed to have the discernment to know your enemy so you can cast him down. And when he got his hands on them pillars, Lisa met her. He prayed and he said, God, remember me one more time. <laughs> hey, hey. <laughs> Woo! I'm telling you, God is here in his strength. And he's here in his power. And he's here in his might. And he's here in his glory. Amen. Glory, hallelujah. And he's wanting to strengthen you one more time. Woo! He's wanting to strengthen you one more time because he's coming. He's coming. Are you going to believe the lie of the devil or are you going to believe God this morning? This is your opportunity. If you never see another tomorrow, what are you going to do with this today that he's given you? I'm going to invite our pastor to come on. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. I believe she could have just went ahead and preached. How many of you appreciate the Lord today? Are you glad to be in the house of the Lord? I'm going to tell you, I'm encouraged. I am encouraged. Because people are excited. I told you all last week, it's Thursday a week ago, we went and preached to Brother Mark Waldrop down in Jasper, Alabama. And on a Thursday night, his church probably holds 200 plus. And on Thursday night, the church was nearly full. 
and I had a visiting pastor come from over 100 miles away. And he's already contacted me. said, I'm praying about dates for you to come. They got so excited over the Word and the working of the Spirit of God. A couple of them told the lady that brought them, she'd been coming to my tent meeting since 95, said, we feel like we're brand new. Feel like something's happened to our heart, we're brand new. Something's moved on us. Amen. It's time to take hold of what God's doing. And y'all going to have to have wisdom if I'm going to be able to preach this word today because some of y'all going to think I'm trying to take something away from you, but I'm not. I'm trying to get you to the place that God's going to reveal Himself to you. People are fixing to come. People are fixing to come. And we're going to need God to be real in us, to help deliver this generation. We're going to need God to be real in us. Because once people get saved, they've got to be taught how to serve the Lord. People don't know how to serve the Lord. Even, even people today that claim to have the Holy Ghost, there's such ignorance in the Word and the working of the Spirit of God. So everybody just pretty well makes up their own mind and believe what they don't want to believe. Nobody taught. Nobody taught. Because pastors don't get in and seek God like they need to. Tell you something, if I'm going to pastor this church, I'm going to seek the Lord. And I'm going to bring you something fresh off the altar of God. I ain't. I don't go to sermon.com and pull something up first thing Sunday morning. Try to get you all something. Brother, come here. Brother, him. He's been in the hospital with AFib. I had a dream about him last night. That the Lord healed him. I'm going to take the glasses off. And Sister Kathy texted this morning. She said, I think I'm going to take him to ER. He had a spell. Last night his heart rate went up. I said, Sister Kathy, I said, if he ain't in danger, I said, bring him to the house of God. I said, I had a dream. God healed him. I laid hands on him, done this right here. For even the Lord thy creator, O heart, speaks to thee. And I command thee to go in rhythm. Never come out again. Restore health and strength to this body. I speak to the organ that I have created, and I command thee to be obedient to my voice. Regulate. Hallelujah. Man, someone inside of you. I don't know about y'all, but I felt the glory of God come down. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. You believe? Don't worry about nothing. And if something acts like it ain't doing right, you just tell them you're a liar. I'm standing on God's Word. I'm standing on God's Word. I'm standing on God's Word. The devil tried to kill me back in 2014. And I've always served God and believed, sister, you know how my faith is. But they had put me in the hospital for four days in ICU because my sugar was over a 1,000. 
And my A1C was above 14. And Sister Pat was a nurse. She'll tell you that's enough to kill you. <laughs> and while I was in ICU, I went to the AFib two or three different times, and they called a cardiologist in. And they put me on some kind of heart medication. And that stuff just, what little time I took, that stuff just knocked me down, bro, Kevin. I couldn't do nothing. Come find out it's blood pressure medicine. And I took it maybe a month, maybe a couple. I don't know how long it took. It didn't take it long. And I told my wife, I said, I ain't taking this stuff. I said, ain't nothing wrong with my heart. I said, my sugar messed my heart up, and it will. I said, I ain't taking this stuff. I said, I refuse. I said, I've had physicals all my life because I got life insurance. It's the only insurance I've ever carried, life insurance. And I had physicals all my life. The time nurses come check me or I'd go get checked by a doctor. I had two or three nurses say, do you run? Are you a runner? I said, no, ma'am. I said, I'm a preacher. <laughs> I said, well, I don't know. I said, but your heart is just as solid and just as sound. I said, you don't never have to worry about having heart trouble. I said, you got a solid heart. And I told the Lord, I said, I ain't taking it. And there's a couple of times, you know, my kids got me a Fitbit for Father's Day last year. And I was at the trailer one night here two or three months ago. And I got up, went to the restroom, went back and laid down, and I felt my heart, but it just kicked in. Like somebody had revved it wide open. I hit that Fitbit, my heart had went from like 65, because when I'm resting, my heart rate can be anywhere from 58 to about mid-60s. And, buddy, my heart went to 185 beats a minute, just like that. I mean, just why I felt it jumping in my chest. And I was by myself. laid there for a few seconds. I said, devil, you're a liar. I said, all right, God, right now. It's like somebody flipped a switch. It wasn't 30 seconds. My heart was back down to 85 beats a minute, just like that. Because I believe. I believe. You don't believe, and I've told people all my life, you don't believe, you better find somebody to help you. Because just saying, I believe, don't get the job done. You better know you believe. Because I've told people, I said, you believe in God, you stand on that word. You don't believe, you better find somebody to help you. Don't they bury you? I believe God. I believe God. And I'm glad to have everybody here today because I, I appreciate what God's doing. But there, man, there's an excitement in me, the way God spoke last week about that word. I cannot tell y'all the, the ministry that's fixing to break forth on this earth. And it's already started. Something's already started. There's something moving. There's something moving in the Spirit. Amen. There's something moving in the Spirit. That God is wanting to bring His people to the place He can live right here in the fullness. That's what He wants to do. You know, people will tell you, well, the Bible tells me I'm the temple of the Holy Ghost. But do you believe that? But do you believe that? Well, this is God's house. But do you believe that? Kind of like I heard Brother Kenny Rodriguez preaching one time. And he said, Lord kept dealing with Amanda. Let him live in his house. And so finally, the man told him, he said, all right, you can stay in the upstairs back bedroom. The Lord said, okay. Well, a couple of days after the Lord moved in, the devil showed up at the door and just beat the daylights out of him. Him just a hollering or screaming for God, the Lord to come help him. And the Lord never come out of the bedroom. 
Once the devil left, he kind of staggered upstairs and went up there and asked the Lord. He said, well, why didn't you come help me? He said, you told me to step here. <laughs> you told me I had the upstairs bedroom. He said, well, I'll give you all upstairs. So two or three days later, the devil showed up again, just beat the daylights out of him again. Him a hollered and a screaming for the Lord to help him. He said, well, why didn't you come help me? He said, you told me to step upstairs. You can give me full reign. He said, well, I'll tell you what. He said, I'll give you full reign in the house. He said, okay. A few days later, the devil knocked at the door, and the Lord answered the door. <laughs> Lord answered the door. Why? He gave him full reign. You can't accept the Lord and know that you're the temple and the house of God and put God back in a corner. It ain't going to work. If you want God to live in you, you got to give him free reign. Amen. You got to give him free reign. And I'm just, I'm, I'm excited about what God's doing. And the Lord's just, he's just revealing himself in such a way. And some of y'all know Sister Candy Teams. And I'm hoping it won't be too long she'll be back in church with us. And me and my wife just talked to her last, was it last weekend, last Saturday or Sunday, whenever. And, uh, I think it was Sunday was coming up, or was it, I don't, I don't know, it was either Saturday or Sunday, but anyway, uh, her daughter had twin, boy and a girl, and so we just talked to her, and was coming up, I can't remember where, I think it's last Saturday, and I, I just got her in the burden for her and started praying for her, and so Sunday, they had to rush one of them grandbabies to I think it was Scottish Ride or somewhere down there. Had that RSV that couldn't, stuff gets in kids' lungs, they kill them. And they put that baby in ICU, pediatrics ICU. But we got in this church Monday night. And I told her, I said, I'm going prayerful. Man, I felt the Spirit of God. And I started crying out. And I mean, I cried out. I fought. I felt something releasing my spirit. I texted her and told her the next morning, I said, Grandma's going to be all right. She said, Brother Matter, something changed this morning. <laughs> They're expecting that kid to be in ICU for two or three weeks. He come home Friday. Come home Friday. That don't happen. No, that kind of stuff. That don't happen. And so they had the other one. He tested positive for it. And I got a text from her that they had to take him to the doctor, I think, late Friday evening. Because he went all day and hadn't urinated. And they said that's one of the signs they can't pass fluids. And she said, I had a little bottle there and said, they put all, trying to get all these tubes in him and couldn't find the vein. She said, I just gave him something to drink. Said he drank it down. I went and asked the nurse for some Pedialytes. Nurse gave him, they gave him some Pedialytes. So then five minutes after drinking Pedialytes, said he wet his diaper down twice. So they discharged him, sent him home. That's the kind of God I serve. That's the kind of God I believe in. You hear me? And God wants to live right here. Right here. Hallelujah. Y'all going to think it's odd the way I'm going to preach today, but, you know, men's doctrines puts, puts people under condemnation to make them think they ought to be something they ain't. 
Y'all hearing me? The Lord has chosen witnesses. Did y'all know the Holy Ghost was given for a witness to confirm that the promise of God of salvation and deliverance had been given? That's what the Holy Ghost come in us for. That's what God worked all the miracles through Jesus and in the New Testament for, was to bear witness that He's alive and He's kept His promise. My prayer this morning was, God, bear witness again. Bear witness again. Because just like He had witnesses back then, He got witnesses now. Amen? And everybody ain't chosen to be a witness. But that don't mean you can't serve God. Amen? Everybody ain't chosen to be a witness. And so I'm going to start in Mark 16. I got, some, I, got, I got a bunch of scriptures I didn't write down, but I'm going to start in Mark 16. I'm going to read this scripture, and I'm going to exhort on it. Because I'm going to tell you, the Lord spoke in a prophecy on the 19th of February, right here in this church. If you hadn't heard it, you need to get it. He said, there's a lot of things been taught, been taught wrong. And God's fixing to give us right teaching. A lot of things about the Holy Ghost, Brother Kevin, God said been taught wrong. God fixing to give us right teaching. Why? Because we're going to have to have it. Because when the Lord spoke, and I preached this over in Jasper, Alabama. I preached it here, but now I preached it over at Brother Mark's church. And the Lord started showing me. And you go to 1 Corinthians 13. And Paul starts saying where there'll be prophecies, they're going to cease. They're going to perish. Tongues going to cease. He said, we know in part. We prophesy in part. We understand in part. And that's where we've been. And then you go on over to Hebrews 5, and Paul says, when the time comes, you ought to be teachers. You have one, need one to teach you again. The very basics. In other words, you ought to be graduating from high school Somebody's dumping the bag of blocks out, and you got your ABCs, and you're trying to you're trying to get on the basics of serving God. He said, "Y'all to be teaching. Y'all to be teaching." And he said, "You've reached the place you have need one to teach you again, which be the first principles how to serve God." And then Paul went on in Hebrews six, and he said. Therefore, leaving the principles of the doctrine of Christ, let us go on to what? What does perfection mean? Maturity. And so the Lord just spoke to me. And it's kind of hard to tell people when they're laying hands on folks and being used by the gifts and maybe having some healings and a miracle or two, you're walking in immaturity. But that's what the Lord told me to tell them. Because that's what he said. You prophesied, you prophesied in part. You understand it in part. Everything you're doing, we're doing it in part. How many of y'all say that when the Holy Ghost was poured out on the day of Pentecost, that laid the foundation for the church? Y'all believe that? That set the church in motion. That put the Spirit of Christ in the church, set it in motion. Well, the foundation ain't never the finished product. And we ain't even got what they had when the foundation was poured out. So tell me we're not walking in immaturity. 
I'm just telling you what Paul, Paul said, y'all go on. He said, and we'll leave this laying on of hands, baptisms. We'll leave all these doctrines. And he said, we'll go on into maturity. So that's what the Lord had me preach. And I feel like it's laid a foundation for people to come back to what's real. Quit looking at the gifts. Everything people focus on, the Holy Ghost, tongues. Tongues, 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 tongues. You ain't got tongues, you ain't got the Holy Ghost. I'm fixing to tear some folks out of frame today. <laughs> I'm glad to see this brother back. Uh, his name is Brother Patterson, right? He told me he was here a couple weeks ago. Is your wife doing good? Okay. We're praying for her. His wife had back surgery a couple, three weeks ago, and he was with us in service, I think, about two weeks ago. And, and uh, he said he was in my tent meeting in Chatsworth in 1999. He said, I prayed for him. He said he hadn't smoked a cigarette in 18 years. There's three or four people I met in LJ that was in that tent meeting in Chatsworth in 99. I wish they'd make their way to this church. One lady told me, so you baptized my kids in LJ in 99. That's where I met Sister Susie. And Sister Susie tell you, I had all manner of miracles on that tent in 99. Baptized a bunch of folks. They told me, said, you, you prayed for me and God delivered me, changed my life, and you baptized my kids. Jed, I can't get them to come to church. <laughs> I want to be worth something real. I prayed for a man's wife. She's going to be with the Lord now. She died of heart trouble. Uh, about 10 years ago, but she was in that meeting in 99. And I got word. Matter of fact, Brother Elder broke down. He's the man who fixed your truck. And he told him who his pastor was. He said, tell him to come see me. So he's down there on 411. So I went by there and seen him and told him where the church was. He ain't been yet. I don't know if he'll come or not. It's one thing about it. You know God's real. You know God's real. Amen. But now y'all bear with me. Because like I said, I'll probably yank your chain a time or two today. But it ain't nothing I'm trying to upset you over. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start at verse 17 in Mark 16. And y'all have all heard this scripture. Matter of fact, you've quoted it, you've preached it, if you've done any preaching at all, testified about it. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Now, how many of y'all have heard that preached? Just like that. Y'all with me? Heard it preached? We all have. And the thing about preaching it was everybody supposed to do this. Is that what y'all was taught? Everybody's supposed to do that. It says, these signs shall follow them that believe. Is that what it says? So if you just a lay member going to church and serving God. And most of the church wonders why this ain't happening in the church. Why ain't this happening in my life? Many put you under condemnation. <laughs> Make you wonder, was God with me or is He not with me? 
What's wrong with me? <laughs> Are y'all with me today? But Kevin, you ever preached? You preached any? Okay. Well, I don't. I don't count. I preach my wife every now and then too. <laughs> now follow with me. So they've taken this one scripture and they preached it totally out of context. Now look where I'm going to take you. Back up to verse 14. Afterward, he appeared unto the eleven. That's the disciples that was left after Judas betrayed him. So he went to these eleven, and as he said at me, he upbraided them for their unbelief and hardness of hearts, because they believed not them which had seen him before after he was risen. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Now how many of y'all have heard this preached as a great commission? Every one of y'all, somewhere in your life, supposed to go into all the world. Except Sister Susie. She done told him, said, I ain't missionary. <laughs> I ain't going overseas. But Sister Susie, it says, go ye into all the world. <laughs> Have you had it told to you like that? Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Everybody's not going to do this. It's not for the, my God, if I, if I preach this, I lay hands on you and anoint y'all, and I come in here next Sunday and there's nobody here, I'm going to say, where y'all at? Well, Brother Meadow, you sent them into all the world. Who is he talking to? The 11 chosen witnesses. The 11 that was chosen to be witnesses from the beginning. Y'all following with me? He said, I'm going to send you. I've chosen you to bear witness of my life, death, burial, and resurrection, and I'm sending a power back on you that's going to bear witness that I and my spirit are living in you. He wasn't talking to everybody. He was talking to those 11 chosen to be witnesses. Brother Matter, you saying I can't? I'm not telling you you can't do it. No. It's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that what I'm trying to show you is this is not going to be in your life on an everyday, regular basis unless you're chosen to be a witness. Ooh, y'all got quiet on me. You know God's real. You know He'll work miracles. I think all of you do. But to be told that you've got to go into all the world and have this working in your life all the time, every day, it'll put you under condemnation. It'll make you wonder, what am I doing wrong? Does God not like me? And the Spirit of God got on Brother Michael a couple of weeks ago and he started preaching along these lines and me and him started discussing it. And I got to studying this and the Lord showed me. He was talking to the eleven. 
And when he preached this, he said, I hate to tell you all this, but all of y'all ain't going to do that. Somebody said, but the Bible says these signs shall follow them that believe. He said, well, are they following you? He said, no. He said, what's wrong with you then? The devil will use that against you. And he'll say, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? Sending your life? Messing up, missing God? What's wrong with you? Don't you believe the word? Man, that's Jesus talking to you. <laughs> okay. Now, let's go a little further. I'm going back over to verse 19. So then after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. And they went forth and preached everywhere. Who went forth and preached? The witnesses. Those that were chosen to witness. Went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. Okay, now. Let's go to Luke, the 24th chapter. I'm going to tie these together, if y'all will work with me. And don't walk out here and say, well, Brother Mertos, we didn't have power to do nothing. That ain't what I'm telling you. That's not what I'm telling you. I'm telling you, you don't have to walk under the condemnation of this supposed to be in your life unless you're chosen to be a witness. Unless you're chosen. Brother Matter, I've heard this preached all my life. I've heard a lot of stuff preached all my life. And the Lord's had me tear a lot of it down. You know why the Lord's tearing down doctrines and traditions? When the Lord spoke to me to come to L.A.J. And I went and started having service in Sister Kathy's house. One of the first messages I preached was out of Ezra. The Lord commanded me to build him a house here in L.A.J. And he spoke to me out of Jeremiah. He said, the first thing you're going to have to do is tear down. Pluck up, pull down, and destroy doctrines that's got people bound. When Nehemiah went down there, the walls of Jerusalem laying in a heap. I mean, them were big walls. They tore them down, they burned them, they broke them down. All them walls laying there in a heap. Burned the timbers on the gates. Just laying there in a heap. Before Ezra could build them walls back, I mean, Nehemiah could build them walls back, he had to move all the rubble. Move all the burnt tempers, sweep off the ash and the dust off of the foundation before he could start laying them back. That takes time. It takes time to pull down doctrines. It takes time to pull down traditions. It takes time to get in there and dig things out. That's why I'm going to this Word and I'm trying to show y'all you can't just take one Scripture out of context and run with it because a Scripture right here that's going to be in what I'm reading, tarry ye in Jerusalem, Luke 24 and 49. But tarry ye in Jerusalem. Do not depart from Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. Is that what it says? And children of God, you know, he was talking to, I'm fixing to show you, he was talking to the 11. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. 10, 11, 12. I got 13. All right, I'm talking to the 13 today. <laughs> Luke 24, 33. Y'all ever heard the teaching on the two men on the road to Emmaus and how Jesus appeared to them? 
All right, right here he had appeared to him, banished out of their midst, talked to him. In verse 33, And they arose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven gathered together and them that were with them. So he may have had a couple more than eleven. But he started talking to the eleven. And they was telling man, Jesus appeared to us. He's alive. We walked with him. We talked with him. We sat down to eat bread with him. And while they was telling them, Jesus stepped in their midst. He said, peace be unto you. Peace be unto you. Then the Bible says he opened the scriptures that their understanding might be open. He said, and they all pulled back from him. He said, look, I'm not a ghost. I'm not a ghost. A ghost don't have flesh and bone like you see me have. I'm not a ghost. He said, give me something to eat. And they gave him a piece of broiled fish and honeycomb. He ate it. He communed with them. And he said, now, I want you to tarry at Jerusalem because I've made you a promise. John baptized you in water. But I made you a promise. I'm going to baptize you in the Holy Ghost and fire. And he said, you stay in Jerusalem until you receive the promise of the Father. And I'm going to pick up it. 49. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. And he led them out as far as Bethany, lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. So he didn't have a chance to talk to anybody else. He didn't have a chance to give people this great commission, as we call it, that we're supposed to go into all the world. Do I believe you are called to bear witness of His salvation and what He's done in your life? Absolutely, every one of you. But everybody is not given power and gifts and the anointing to do great miracles. And it's time for the church to come out from under this teaching, out from under this condemnation and, and get real with God that we can get our lives dedicated and consecrated. And if we are chosen to be witnesses and you know you are, Let's get down to business uh, so this can be made manifest in us. It ain't you. It's the Holy Ghost coming in and working in you to bear witness Christ is alive. You can't do this on your own. Every miracle, every healing, every gift, everything they've done was to bear witness that God was alive and he had fulfilled his promise. The Holy Ghost was a witness that Christ was alive. He had raised. It was a witness. It was a witness. Are y'all following with me? So seeing Mark after he told him, he ascended. Hearing Luke after he told him, he ascended. Go to Acts, the first chapter. Because I've had people deal with this. Brother matter, why can't I do anything? I've preached these scriptures. I've told people, just like you, you're supposed to be doing these miracles. The Bible said you ought to be casting out devils. You ought to be healing the sick. 
That'd be like me telling Sister Deborah. Sister Deborah knows she ain't called to a pulpit ministry. Is that God's going to God use her? The Lord told my wife she got a place in this church. I believe she does. But she ain't going to be a pulpit minister. That's not her calling. That's not the gift. That's not the ability. God said for you to minister in the several ability he's given unto you and to abide in your calling. If he's given you the ministry to prophesy, then stay in your calling. If he ain't giving you a ministry to pastor, then don't get upset where you're going to church and run out here and start a church. All you're going to do is shipwreck a bunch of people. I'm going to tell you, when the Lord spoke to me about pastoring, I was ready to run the other direction. Now I wish I had them almost. I told everybody, I said, everybody ought to pastor a church once. Next time you know better. Because <laughs> if you don't learn how to handle it, it'll consume you. Do y'all know how many pastors quit every week into the hundreds? You know how many pastors go through divorces and lose their families because they don't learn to keep the tension and the pressure of what they're dealing with out of their personal life, out of their family life, and they divorce because of the pressures in the church because it consumes them. That's all they talk about. That's all they deal with, and they forget about their family life, a lot of them. So if you ain't called to this, you better leave it alone. Am I making sense to anybody today? You might be called to exhort. You might be called to evangelize. But you've got to find out what God... I have told people for years, ever since 2012, Lord spoke to us in 2012 in Fort Payne. He said, find your place in God. Find out what your calling is and get there. Get yourself settled in what your calling is. But I don't care what your calling is. You need a home church to work out of. Why does an evangelist need to go from here to Bakersfield, California? Or from here to Knoxville, Tennessee? I'm not saying God can't speak you to go somewhere. But the work of an evangelist ought to be out here in these highways and hedges winning souls, helping establish this work right here. Helping establish this church right here. Y'all, I hope y'all will come to the understanding that instead of everybody running off in 1,400 different directions, establish a strong church. Establish a strong church. Then if God wants to put something 30 miles down the road, you've got a strong church. You've got people called for pastorialship. You've got people called to be teachers. You've got people called to be evangelists, called to be prophets. Are you hearing me? then you've got a strong church that people can go out of and establish another work, build another strong church. Instead of having 14 matchstick forts out here that we're trying to hold together, man, let's put down some cement, some concrete, some bulwarks, some barriers. Let's build a strong church that the devil won't mess with. Instead of putting all these little bitty things out here, what they, what they say when, when Nehemiah was building the wall, Samuel at them said, well, if a fox run by, the thing would blow, fall down. See, the devil keeps us divided. He keeps us scattered. I need somebody to labor with me to build this church. I need somebody to labor with me in prayer and to labor with me in ministry to build this church. I'm not going out of here trying to build 14 churches. 
I've told y'all before that brother was in my meeting last Thursday night. He got a $250,000 church sitting in Amory, Mississippi, right out of Tupelo, empty. Been sitting there for five or six years. He bought it. He's a contractor, remodeled it. Things are beautiful. I went over January a year ago and preached three nights. I, things are beautiful. All I'd have to do is pick up the phone and tell that man I'm coming over to pastor. I could draw folks because I've had a lot of miracles and deliverance in that area. I could go over there and I could do what flesh wanted to do. Flesh ain't going I, because I brought my flesh under subjection to the Spirit of God. I, man, he got Sunday school rooms over bigger than this church. They got a kitchen and a fellowship hall that's three times the size of this church. And that church, I guarantee you, sit five to six hundred people. Right there, people. All I have to do is say, Brother, I'm coming to pastor. He said, Come on, Brother Matter. Y'all remember he come up here uh, September a year ago when we had the meeting, we went and had our baptizing. He was here. That's when we baptized Sister Deborah and the Spirit of God hit her, and she like drowned all of us getting out of the water. That's all right. It's not just what I want to do. God has ordained me to build him a house here. Gave you the vision of it, or dream, Sister Susie. You saw that church built. You saw those people drawn in to this kingdom, to this word, to this truth. But everybody is not chosen and ordained for the kind of ministry we've been told we're supposed to be going out here doing. I want to know why you ain't going into all the world and preaching the gospel. I want to know why y'all ain't laying hands on the sick. I want to know why y'all ain't casting out devils. I want to know why if y'all drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt you. Some of y'all might remember old brother Jack Cole from the 50s. He he was having a revival in church. A man called him up and said, Won't you meet me downtown on the city square? He said, What for? He said, I got two bottles of strychnine. He said, You drink one, I'm going to drink the other one. He said, Why would I do that? He said, The Bible says, If you drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt you. He said, You crazy man. It says, If you drink any deadly thing, not when. He said, He didn't tell you to tempt God. He said, That means you're preaching. Somebody tries to poison you. He said, i tell you what you do. He said, you meet yourself down there and drink both halves. <laughs> he said, because I ain't doing it. He said, that's tempting God. He said, that's ignorance of the word. Well, it says, Brother Cole, if you should drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt you. He said, yeah, and if I'm preaching somewhere and somebody pours something poison in my water, I believe that God is going to stand up for me. I, he said, you shall take up serpents. I, yeah, he told you, you shall take up serpents. And if I'm I, oh, shipwrecked on an island and building a fire and one crawls out of the firewood, I, latches on my arm, I'll shake him off. I, he didn't tell me to put him in a box and go from church to church I, and put on a show. I, he he said, you shall take up serpents. I, oh, I'm probably going to get some upsetness. I, I had a man uh, around here. I can't remember what town he was in, but all through the 80s and 90s, he kept trying to get me to come to his church. Snake handler. Let me come. Finally, he cor cornered me off at a tent meeting. I think it's the one y'all come to over 98, over right out of Calhoun. Was it 225 right there? 
I think I was there 16 days, and 14 of them I preached the heart against sin. People was crawling under the altar. Out of one hard, wicked place. But he come to me. He said, Brother Metter. He said, don't you come to my church to preach? I said, no, you don't. Yeah, really, I do. have been asking me for years. I said, I know what you want. I said, you want me to come over there and preach? And I said, you're going to bring me one of them snakes. And I said, when you do, I said, I'm going to put you on the floor, sit on top of you, and I said, I'm going to feed it to you. I said, because I don't have to have you hand me a snake to prove my faith. I said, there's probably been 100 miracles in this tent meeting. People delivered, people healed, people set free. I said, I don't have to. And I said, I'm going to tell you this right now. I said, you better leave them snakes alone when I'm thinking to get you. When I'm thinking to get you. I said, you better leave them alone. You better get away from this stuff. It wasn't a week to one of his church members pulled up on my tent lot on Sunday afternoon. And I was on the tent praying. He said, you need to go to prayer right now. I said, what? He said, my pastor just got bit two or three times by a diamondback rattler. I said, ain't that that one that I told you better leave him alone? He said, yeah. He said he was putting them in the trunk of his car after church, and he knocked the lid off one of the boxes and said one come out and got him. I said, go back and ask him if he don't have the same Holy Ghost after church that he does in church. <laughs> Brother Metter, you did before God be my witness, I did. Because you got authority over it, you got authority over it. When that snake come out of that fire and grab Paul on my hand, I can just see the devil talking to Paul. Got out of the shipwreck. But now I got you. You know what Paul told that devil? He said, the Lord just appeared to me, told me I would stand before Caesar, that I'm going to Rome. Just because I got shipwrecked out on this island, got a little deterred. I ain't got time to fool with you. You lying devil, get off my hand. He shook him off in the fire. And they watched him, said he's a murderer. There's something evil in his heart. But when he didn't fall down dead, they was amazed because it was a poisonous. Paul just shook him off in the fire, said, devil, you're a liar. And then turned around and started having miracles and a revival broke out on that island. Healed the father of the chief, Publius, who had a bloody flux or a blood clot. Then he had great miracles. Paul went and laid his hands on them. This is the kind of witness we need if we're called to it. If we're called to it. If we're not, we can testify about salvation. We can testify about the grace and goodness of God and how God's changed our lives. And it'll touch people and it'll move people. But there are chosen witnesses made for these kind of acts right here. Mark, he was talking to the 11. Luke, he was talking to the 11. Acts, first chapter. I'll just start with the first verse. The formal treatise have I made, O Theophilus, of all that Jesus began both to do and teach until the day and it, he was taken up after he had, through the Holy Ghost, had given commandments unto the apostles whom he had chosen. He was only talking to Thank you, Jesus. He was only talking to Are y'all hearing me? That's all he was talking to. 
to whom he had showed himself alive after his passion by many infallible proofs being seen of them 40 days and speaking of things pertaining to the kingdom of God. He was getting them ready for what was going to happen when the Holy Ghost moved in and baptized them. He was giving them instruction, what they was going to get, what was fixing to happen, what kind of power they was fixing to have. He was instructing them. God is instructing us on different than what the church is taught. I mean, I've seen preachers stand up and take these scriptures and just beat people up, just berate them and tear them down because they wasn't casting out devils, because they wasn't taking up serpents, because they wasn't healing the sick, because they didn't feel the call to preach. Everybody ain't got that burning call. Man, I turned my life over to God at 19. Lord had chained me down because I read go wide open. <laughs> You know how we used to be when we got, first really got baptized in the Holy Ghost and had that zeal without knowledge? <laughs> Any of y'all ever had that zeal without knowledge? Any of y'all ever get fired up, stand up and testify about how great God was and how he is going to take the devil's tongue and run under a root and tie a knot in it where the devil would be where you knew and knew you'd be next time you, he tried to bother you and you'd testify all this and testify all that and about... Two or three days down the road, the devil had your tongue tied and run under a root and tied a knot in it, and you, you was the one tied down to the devil. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Just zeal. Just wide open. But Paul later wrote, said, that's zeal without knowledge. We've all had that. But now God's given us a zeal with knowledge. Amen. Teaching us. Teaching us. Because if God's going to pour this Holy Ghost out greater than it came on the day of Pentecost, which is where he's taking us, and it ain't far in the future, I'm telling you, there's an outpouring coming to this church going to be greater than what fell on the day of Pentecost. And I don't believe it's going to be, I believe it's going to come before summer according to what God spoke in that prophecy on the 19th. He said, before summer comes, he said, I'm going to do something going to compass and surpass Pentecost. You said, Brother Matter, you believe that? I better believe it. God spoke it through me. I sure didn't sit around and make it up. I sure didn't sit around wanting God to speak to me and do something. I hung my neck out there and put my ministry of 45 years on the line. So you believe God do it? No, I know he is. I don't just believe it. I know it. I know it. I know it. Y'all stay with me. Hallelujah. Verse 4, being assembled together with him, commanded him that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which saith he, Ye have heard of me, for John truly baptized you with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Now, is this not the same thing he told him in Luke 24? Almost the exact same words. Are y'all with me? And who's he talking to? The eleven. Because they hadn't chosen Matthias yet. He was still talking to the 11. Amen. He was still talking to the 11. All right, now I'm going to go over to verse 8 because this is one they use too. But ye shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. And they stop right there. But Terrell, don't you know after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, man, you, you're going to receive power? 
You're supposed to have power, Brother Kevin. After the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall receive power. But he didn't stop there. He said, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, first in Jerusalem, then in Judea and Samaria, and then I'm going to send you out to the uttermost part of the earth. Well, what are you going to bear witness of? What's this Holy Ghost put in you for? Well, Brother Matter, it's put in you so you can talk in tongues. No, he said, I've chosen you to be witnesses. I've chosen you. He's talking to the eleven. Now, verse 9. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld him, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. Is that not what happened in Luke? Is that not what happened in Mark? As soon as he told them this and gave them this commandment, they went up. he went up. He wasn't talking to the multitudes. He was talking to those 11, those chosen witnesses. Are y'all hearing me? I'm not telling you you won't, you won't have power. I believe if, they, if you are a believer and you've got the Holy Ghost and an emergency, a situation arises, I believe you can stand on God's Word. I believe you can pray the prayer of faith for somebody. But you ain't going to get a ministry that's going to take you out here every day or on a weekly basis that you're going to go out here and cast out devils. You're going to go out here and heal the sick and raise the dead. And, uh, it, it ain't for you. Did you know when the Holy Ghost was poured out on the book of Acts, the Bible said in the second chapter of Acts, they went to house to house breaking bread, preaching the word, and the Lord confirmed the word, and by the hands of the apostles was great miracles done. The whole church didn't do it. The whole church didn't do it. Oh, but Brother Matter, it says after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall receive power. I wish there was a power in there, and I know there is. People just let it sanctify their tongue. <laughs> did I say that out loud? You did. I heard. <laughs> Got a witness. <laughs> Got a witness. Oh, here's a good one for you. This is after the Holy Ghost was poured out. Everybody got drunk, staggered out, staggered out in the street. Acts 2 and 14. And Peter standing up with the eleven. Start preaching to them. Why does it say Peter with the eleven? There's 120 in that upper room, brother matter. Yeah, they got some. No doubt. But they weren't the chosen witnesses. Peter and that 11, which Matthias was in there then, Peter and that 11, that made 12, were the chosen witnesses. And Pe Peter stood up with them and began to speak. Are y'all with me today? Get the devil off your back. Get the devil out of your ear. Quit letting the devil run you with the doctrines of men and let's take hope because God told Go back and listen to that prophecy on the 19th of February. God said you've been taught wrong. There's things been taught in zeal. There's things been taught in ignorance. There's things been taught in the knowledge of man. He said, but I'm fixing to bring you back to the teaching. It's going to set the church in order and God's order. Right? God's wanting to put things in his order. Right? Let me tell you, I had a vision back in uh, June uh, 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 15 uh, and the Lord, uh, I was on 
on my knees praying. And, and I seen a huge explosion. The universe was out there. And everything was out of order. The planets were out of orbit. Everything was moving slow. Wasn't nothing. It's like, you know, instead of being in orbit, it was going like this. And every, everything was slow. And then all of a sudden, I seen a huge explosion. And when the smoke cleared, everything was back in orbit. Everything was moving like it's supposed to. And the Lord spoke the word of the Lord to me. He said, what I wrought in Christ when I raised him from the dead and set him far above all principalities and powers. And the Lord told me when Adam sinned, everything got out of my divine order. He said, but when I sent my son Jesus and he done what he done and was resurrected, he said it put things back in my divine order, but that was not just a resurrection. That was a reconciliation. I turned man back to God. I made the way for man to come back where I created him to be with a fullness of me living in him. By God, we've been given a new and a living way. Everything has been set back in God's order. And it's time for me and you to find out what God's order is for our life. Because this ain't going to live in just anybody. God ain't going to put this in unclean vessels. I believe it's Psalms 24. Might be 19, I can't ever remember. But David said, who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? See if it ain't Psalms 24 and 19. Who's going to, who's going to go up that high place? Who's going who to go up that holy hill and stand in that high place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart who has not lifted up his soul unto vanity nor sworn deceitfully. 24-3. Who shall ascend into the hill of the Lord? And who shall stand in the holy place? He that hath clean hands and a pure heart hath not lifted up his soul unto vanity, neither has he sworn deceitfully. That about nail it down word for word. Hallelujah. Might have missed a period or a comma somewhere or a semicolon. But that's about puts it in place. God's looking for somebody with clean hands. God's looking for somebody with a pure heart. God's looking for somebody that ain't lifted up their soul unto vanity and say, here, look at me. It ain't you. It's the witness of the Christ, the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is the spirit of the Christ that has come in to bear witness that Jesus has kept his word. That he has come to heal, deliver, set free, make Whole. He just didn't come to save man. If he'd come to save man, that's all he'd have done. He could have saved man without going to the cross. And y'all listen to what I'm telling you. The Lord told me years ago he said Jesus could have been stoned to death under Jewish law. Shed his blood, you'd still been saved. But because he hung that tree, the Bible said cursed is every man that hangeth on the tree. That's what paid for your healing. That's what paid for you. Are you hearing me? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He just didn't come to save you. He come to heal your soul, mind, and body. Are y'all hearing me? But he did not come to pour the Holy Ghost out in the whole church and everybody go out with miracle sign gifted deliverance ministries. He meant it for chosen witnesses. Am I making sense to you yet? You still ain't told me why you ain't went to all the world yet. She's afraid to fly. Well, my wife went through that too. 
Now, you imagine her daddy was an airline pilot, and she flew all her life. And we got married. We flew to Brazil for a missionary meeting. And I didn't know she was a white-knuckle flyer. Because <laughs> she didn't tell me. But I noticed every time the plane would take a dip, that hand went like that because she squeezed it so hard. I didn't know she was afraid to fly. I loved to fly. I'd rather take the airline that Philip took. I'd rather have the Lord pick me up and set me there. I'd rather have the gift of tongues, wouldn't have preached through an interpreter, and I believe that's coming. But until then, I'm going to have to fly commercial <laughs> and preach through an interpreter. But look what God done through the chosen witnesses because the Holy Ghost. Let me go to verse 40 of the second chapter. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untold generation. And they that gladly received his word were baptized. The same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. My God, I, in this country, I ain't won 3,000 souls in 45 years. And I won a bunch in India. Because I can win 15, 20, 30, 40,000, depending on the crowd. I can win that many a night and get them to receive salvation. But here, you know why? Too much doctrine in people. Too much doctrine. Too much man's teaching, man's preaching. You can't get folks to believe. I'm going to tell you something. God's raising up a new generation. If you don't want this word, you don't have to have it. God raising up a new generation. Y'all know how many priesthoods there are in the Bible? Two. Y'all know what they are? Aaron and Melchizedek. God ain't sending us forth under the law. He ain't sending us forth under the priesthood of Aaron. He's sending us forth under the priesthood of Melchizedek. For there is a chosen generation. There is a holy nation. There is a royal priesthood. We've never seen a priesthood. We've never seen a chosen generation. We've never seen a holy generation come forth in the order of Melchizedek because that's what Jesus was made after. He wasn't made after the law of carnal commandments. He was made after the power of an endless life. That's what God's bringing us forth under. I'm coming up under Melchizedek. <laughs> I'm coming up under that priesthood. And Jesus is my high priest. <laughs> Praise God, I'm of his order. He's of the priesthood of Melchizedek. He's of the order of Melchizedek. Are y'all listening to me? I got talking to somebody the other day, and I, I think I spun them on their heels. They was talking about Melchizedek. And I said, okay, who was he? Oh, Brother Matter, he was God. I said, what was his purpose? <laughs> and they started listing all these scriptures. I said, I know what Scripture says. I've studied it. What was his purpose? What was his purpose? Well, he, he met Abraham and took him, what was it, bread and wine or wine and cheese? And Yeah. But God just didn't create Melchizedek, put him on earth, go meet Abraham one time. I said, you believe there's a tabernacle in the heavens? 
Yeah, it says there was. Yeah, Moses saw it, and God told him to build one on earth at the tabernacle that's in heavens. What was that tabernacle up there for? And what was there a priesthood 400 years before the law? I said, yeah. Uh. I said, I'm not being contentious with you. Think. God had a purpose for that priest. God had a purpose for that tabernacle in heaven. There were sacrifices and offerings made to God all the way from the days of Adam because Cain and Abel learned it from somebody. So was that priest, that priest up there to receive them offerings? Was he there to receive Abraham's offerings every time Abraham built an altar, Isaac built an altar? He was there for a purpose. He was there for a reason. We don't know. It's, I'm, <laughs> whoo! All we know is that he had, he had neither father nor mother, neither beginning of days nor end of life. He had no descent. I, are you hearing me? So he's still, he's still around somewhere. I said, he's still around somewhere. I guarantee he shows up, he'll shake you up. Y'all like study? Study on that. <laughs> study on that. Now, let me go on where I was. If y'all give me about five more minutes, I'll try to be through in 45. Verse 42. They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship and breaking of bread in, in prayers. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. Done by who? The chosen witnesses. You don't read anything about anybody working miracles until Stephen. And he was chosen one out of the seven. And he was chosen out of the 120. When Philip went down to Samaria, he was an evangelist. He was chosen from the 120. He was, he was an evangelist. Y'all listening to me? So we need to get out from under this stuff. A preacher's preaching this out of context. Well, Brother Matter, don't you know that after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, you shall receive power? Yeah, but that ain't all it says. Don't you know these signs shall follow them that believe in my name? Shall they cast out devils? Speak with new tongues? Take up serpents, lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Yeah. It also said to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Well, y'all still doing an elegy in Jasper and Cartier. <laughs> Who was Brother Kevin? Because Susie, Susie they're going to follow you, Sister Susie. You're going to have to set an example. Now I'm going to have to get you to the mission field somehow so everybody else will be willing to go. I think we'd come easier bringing some folks from India over here. <laughs> but see, God ain't put that in her. Is she anointed? Yes. Is she gifted? Do I believe she's gifted for these gifts to come in her life? I do. At the right time, I believe God will put these gifts in her life. But she can't be under condemnation because she's not going into all the world. She can't be under condemnation right now because these gifts ain't operating in her life.
Jesus helped hundreds of people. Put them on a path of righteousness. Put them on the right path. But the enemy will take the word, and when you hear people preach it and it's preached out of context, he'll wear you out with it. So when you go through the book of Acts, you see, the ministry was on the apostles. They were the chosen. In Acts 4 and 33, and it says, with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. It was Peter and his word that dropped down an iron sapphire. It said, after that happened, great fear come on all the church, and many signs and wonders were wrought by the hands of the apostles. You all understand what I'm saying? God has chosen witnesses in ministry. I'm not telling you what your calling is. Not unless God speaks to me. But I am telling you, this ain't for the whole church to do this. Does that mean we can't preach? No, you can preach. And I believe if it's in a situation, God will use you. If you need to pray for somebody that's sick. Well, well, Brother Matter, I don't understand why everybody in church ain't gifted like this and ain't anointed like this. Okay, well, then go back and ask James why he said if there's any sick among you, let them call for the elders of the church. Mm -hmm. Let me go to 1 Corinthians 12th chapter. Now, y'all don't, don't think too harsh of me because I'm preaching like this because I love you. Did, was, did I think it's going to be popular? No. Man, waste this suit. going, I could come out here and preach the faith message, deliverance message, and we'd have swung off the rafters today. But it, maybe it ain't God's will for all y'all swing off the rafters. <laughs> See, God has chosen vessels. He's got chosen vessels. And I believe... The majority of the people that God's bringing into this church, you are chosen. And God's schooling you and gifting you and getting you ready. Because there are a lot of hurting people out there need help. And there is a baptism of the Holy Ghost that's coming in. But I want to, I want to throw something at you. When God poured the Holy Ghost out on the day of Pentecost, He brought in tongues. Natural languages. He brought in cloven tongues of fire. He raised up ministry with gifts in it. Right? Can we all agree that that is what we call the former reign of the Holy Ghost? Okay, so now, if he's told us the glory of the latter house is going to be greater than that of the former, and he's going to bring the former reign in, we know what the sign, I mean the latter reign is, we know what the sign of the former reign is. If he don't bear signs for the latter rain that's different from the former rain, we ain't never going to know it's come. So there's got to be something different manifest in the latter rain than there was in the former. You ask people what the latter rain the Holy Ghost is, they can't tell you. We've never had it. No precedent for it. I can tell you what I feel like God's revealed to me it is. That's the fullness of Christ coming in and taking its abode in here. Because he said in Joel, and y'all just have to read the notes on Joel. I ain't got time to get into all that. But he said in Joel, I believe it's 2 and 24, for he hath given you the former rain moderately. That means it has already been given. Okay? 
and I will cause to come down for you the rain, the former and the latter rain in the first month. The Lord told me that first month is symbolic of a new season and a new beginning. And then the very next verse, he said, And I will restore unto you the years that the locust, the cankerworm, the cattleworm, uh, the, the palmworm, the caterpillar, all that these have eaten. I'm going to restore it back to you. Now tell me something. Before there were, the Spirit of God was poured out, all they had was the law. So what's God going to restore? Is he going to restore you back to the law? <laughs> Boy, I'm messing with y'all today, ain't I? Is he going to restore you back to the law? That's all that was there. And then you read on through that, how he's going to give you all that back and restore all that, and you're going to eat plenty and be satisfied. And it comes over verse 28. He said, and it shall come to pass afterwards, saith God. After what? After the restoration. Well, what's God going to restore? See, I read the Word of God. I want to know what it means. I want to know what it says. I just don't want to hear somebody preach about it and take somebody's word. This is my life. This is my soul. This is my anointing, my ministry. what I've given my life for. This is what I've given my life for. Y'all don't know it, but I've put my life, my whole natural life on the line to come up here and preach. Walk off my job, walk away from finances. To come up here and preach, pray, seek God, study the Word, and preach this gospel. I put my whole natural life on the line. And that's where I am. I've staked my reputation and my life on believing this Word, that God's going to do what He said. You might preach... And I'm sorry this may be straightforward, but that there, there's no sense as you either put up or shut up. Brother, I put it up. And I'm believing God to make itself real. Amen. I've put it up because I believe. And if y'all will study, and I know this is going to throw y'all for a loop, but if y'all will study, go all the way back to the first chapter of Acts, I mean, Joel. And he starts talking about a famine. Starts talking about the new wine being cut off from your mouths. We know the new wine to be the Holy Ghost. Is that right? So in the first chapter of Joel, he said new wine's already cut off. Goes on down and talks about the harvest is perished in the field. What's the souls of men? So in the first chapter, he's already talking about all this has happened. It's over the second chapter. He starts talking about all this being restored. Right? So, and he said in verse 24, He hath given you the former rain moderate. I mean, it's already been done. So Acts 2 and 28, that we've always preached is a former rain. It's not the former rain. It's the latter rain. Search it out. It's the latter rain. Because everything's already been given. And you look at the signs that Joel spoke, didn't none of them happen on the day of Pentecost. Didn't none of them happen on the day of Pentecost. Joel didn't say that I'm going to pour out my spirit and there's going to be a wind.
there's going to be tongues and there's going to be cloven tongues of fire set down on my ministers and they're going to get drunk. Joel didn't prophesy that. He said, it's going to come past in the last day, saith God, that I'll pour out my spirit on all flesh. First thing, spirit wasn't poured out on all flesh. It's poured out on 120. Second thing, they didn't prophesy. There wasn't no fire in the heavens above. Blood and fire fell of smoke wonders in the earth beneath. <gasps> Pay attention to the word. You can hold on. Well, Brother Matter, I want you to know I got the Holy Ghost. And I was told when I got the Holy Ghost, I got the same thing that them men in the upper room got. Well, how's that working for you? Have you seen the manifestation of it? Have you seen the power of it? Have you got what it takes to lay down your life for the cause of Christ? But Brother Metter, I've heard it preached all my life that I got baptized in the same Holy Ghost that they poured out, it was poured out on the Pentecost. Well, if it ain't making itself real, if it ain't manifest, if it ain't showing you something, if it ain't revealing itself, then you don't got it. I don't need that. I got my chair up here. I'm going to make a little demonstration. Then I'm fixing clothes. Brother Elder, you know what a Bentley is? Fancy car. $250,000, $300,000. Man, how you like my Bentley? I'm driving. Brother Matter, ain't no Bentley. That's got VW. Logos all over. No, man, that's my Bentley. <laughs> Brother Matter, that ain't a Bentley. You're driving a Volkswagen. No, man, they told me this was a Bentley. If this ain't a Bentley, I just gave $250,000 for a glorified Volkswagen. But you got what they got on the day of Pentecost. Not if you ain't driving it and producing, you ain't. <laughs> you better walk out that door and see what you're driving. <laughs> Or you better be asking yourself before you walk out that door what you're driving. Because I'm going to tell you something. I wouldn't want to go to the tag office and pay the tax on a Bentley and I'm driving a Volkswagen. <laughs> so what y'all driving? 1 Corinthians 12, 28. And God has set some in the church, first apostles, secondarily prophets, thirdly teachers, after that miracles. Then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversities of tongues. Verse 29, Paul starts asking questions. Are all apostles? Is everybody an apostle? Are all prophets? No? Oh, come on now. I know some running around with business cards that says they're apostles and prophets, but they ain't. <laughs> Are all teachers? Are all workers of miracles? Have all the gift of healings and do all speak with tongues and do all interpret? Do we? Does everybody have the same gifts? Everybody have the same calling? Everybody have the same office administrations? No. That ain't the way God set it up. So you cannot operate outside your calling. You can't operate outside of the gifts that God's give you 
And these gifts are given to bear witness that the Christ is alive, resurrected, and living in here. I'm not saying you can't pray for the sick. I'm not saying your family members, somebody gets sick, you can't lay hands on them. But to have a sign-gifted, miracle deliverance ministry, it's not going to work in your life every day unless you're chosen for that. Make sense? All right, now turn your Bibles over to Hebrews 2 and 4. And I'm going to give you my last scripture. I appreciate the Lord for today. And I'm not trying to be a downer. And y'all please don't leave out of here and say, well, man, I went to church today all excited and since Susie got me all fired up and then Brother Metter told me I couldn't do nothing. <laughs> it's not what I'm saying. I'm saying find out what your calling is and abide there. Find out what gifts. It's not up to me what gifts God gives you. I'm just trying to tell you the whole church. What did Paul say? Are all apostles? All prophets? All teachers? Do all have miracles? Do all have gifts of healing? Do all prophesy and speak with tongues, interpret? No, they don't. But what has the church told people? You don't speak with tongues, you ain't got the Holy Ghost. Hadn't he? Hadn't that what the church told and it's caused people to quit coming to the house of God. Paul said, do I all speak with tongues? No. It's not for everybody. I hope I'm bringing clarity. Because I'm not condemning. I want you out from under condemnation. Because people read these scriptures and they preach these scriptures out of context. And the devil beats you up telling you you ain't got nothing. You ain't, can't do nothing because what's been preached out of context. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, you don't have the Holy Ghost. Well, let's let's see about getting some fruit of the Spirit. Let's see about getting some love, some meekness, some tenderness for some forgiveness, some patience, some long suffering. Bear long one with another. Prefer your brother before yourself. Let the nature, the mind, the spirit, the attributes of Christ begin to make itself manifest in here. I've seen people quit going to church and quit serving God because they were hammered on that they didn't speak in tongues, they didn't have the Holy Ghost. I've seen them driven out of the church. I've seen them driven out of the church for what I've been preaching. You don't have power, Holy Ghost ain't in there. You can't cast out devils, you can't heal the sick. Holy Ghost ain't in there. She won't tell me how, how come you ain't went to all the world yet. You've been around this since 94. You've been around this longer than she has. Boy, I opened it up in, didn't I? Says <laughs> Kathy, you was raised, what, assembly of God? Around assembly of God? You've heard this preached. How come you ain't went to all the world yet? And look at the battles you fought since you paid a price. And you didn't know before you went. But I've told people, don't go to Haiti unless God sends you. You underestimate the demon powers. The witchcraft, the forces of hell that's down there. I've seen preacher after preacher after preacher after preacher after preacher. Most of them goes to Haiti. 
They wind up sick. They wind up diseased. They wind up backslid. They wind up broke. They wind up with death all through their families if they didn't die themselves. Lord told me, somebody was trying to get me to go to Haiti before me and my wife ever met in the 70s. Lord told me, he said, you don't go to Haiti unless I send you. He said, preachers underestimate the powers and the demons of witchcraft and the forces of hell that's in that place. And when they had that, yeah, they are. They ain't afraid. They ain't ashamed. I'm going to tell y'all something. Y'all ain't facing no spirits till you get places like that over in India. And I mean, I've seen people get down on their bellies in India and hiss at you, run their tongue in out of their mouth, crawl like snakes. Have them come to our meetings. We had one night, man started singing about the blood of Jesus, and there was about seven, eight of us missionaries, and buddy people started dropping on their faces, crawling like snakes, and running their tongue in out of their mouth, slithering at us. And we pulled them up off the ground one at a time, laid hands on cast the devils out of them. If we hadn't, we'd lost the whole meat. Forty-something thousand people there. And when them people start crawling on the ground like snakes and hissing at us, then people start backing up because they knew the powers of Satan were real. It took us about 30, 45 minutes to get that meat under control. Once we did, Holy Ghost started falling. See, you can deal with demons in these foreign countries you won't ever deal with over here. But when you take the reality of God to a place that's never seen a real God, don't know a real God, devil's going to fight you. He'll fight you with doctrines of men over here, but over there he'll fight you with demon spirits. I've had Hindu priests come in my meetings and tell the people they better get out, shake them, warn them, stand up and scream at them while I was preaching. Their gods was going to put judgment on them for listening to any such false doctrine. I've had to challenge them. I've challenged Hindu priests in India. I was preaching to about 20 or 30,000 one night, and Hindu priests, two or three of them, walked in among the crowd, and I looked at my interpreter. I said, boy, I said, you better say what I say. You better not cut no words. And buddy, I screamed out at them Hindu priests, and I said, I challenge you in the name of Jesus. And it wasn't about two or three minutes. They hit tail and run because you got to stand. I told a woman several years ago, she's getting ready to go to Haiti. I said, don't go. She's had mental problems ever since she went. I know other ministers that went down there. They've been divorced. I know a man that went down there in the, I think it was the 70s or early 80s, millionaire. Went down there and helped a man build a church, established a church in Haiti. Come back, lost everything he had financially. Went just broke. The companies that was making his money filed bankruptcy and went out of business. He said, I've seen his house $40,000 cash laying on my table a month. And the main company went out of business and lost everything he had because the devil. You don't mess with demon spirits. But when they had the earthquake, I think it was in 2011, the Lord told me then, because I've been praying about going to Haiti. I never did go, but the Lord said, I broke the back of voodoo. If you want to go, go now. And I never did get to go, but he spoke to another brother down at Sister Daniel's, Brother Jimmy Thornburg. Brother Jimmy went. He's had great success in Haiti because he went when the Lord broke that back of, that demon spirit broke the back of voodoo. Don't ever underestimate voodoo. Don't ever underestimate demon spirits. I know a young man who was on fire for God about 20 years old, went to Haiti, come back, started having severe headaches, got sick as a dog. Next thing I know, he had quit serving God and moved in with a young lady and this committing fornication. And he stayed sick for years. 
Same thing happened to his daddy. His daddy went down there. He started having severe physical problems, divorced his wife, and they'd been married for years. Wound up marrying a young girl. Your spirits will get you. That's why we need a witness of the Holy Ghost. All right, Hebrews 2 and 4, and this is my last scripture. God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders and with diverse miracles and gifts of the Holy Ghost, according to his own will. See, God had chosen witnesses. He bore them witness with the Holy Ghost, with signs, with wonders, with diverse miracles. God has witnesses now. He's raising us up and getting ready to show himself. Don't you appreciate the Lord today? Don't you appreciate the Lord today? See, God bore him witness. What did he bear witness of? Jesus had come. He had fulfilled his promise. He destroyed Satan, took the keys of hell and death, paid for salvation, paid for deliverance, paid for peace. He's still that same Jesus. He's got witnesses fixing to stand forth. If you're one of them, find your calling. Find your place in God. Amen. Find your place in God. Y'all appreciate the Lord? You appreciate this word today? Everybody's mad at me. Say amen. amen. <laughs> Caught somebody. <laughs> I know you would. This is where you got to rightly divide the word. You gotta listen when the truth is preached to you. Not go out of here mad at me and say, Well, Brother Miller told me I didn't have power to do nothing. I know what the word says. There's some people just that just that narrow minded. And I know as I preach this I'm gonna have to contend with some of them. But I'm only gonna preach it where people are here. So I'm telling you there's a new generation coming up. Because when people reach a place you can't teach them, they can't be changed. And God can't work in them. He'll find him a new people. He'll find him a new people. Did the Lord not tell us in his word? He said the harlots and the publicans should go into the kingdom of heaven before some of you. Before some of us are going this power and authority and deliverance in this kingdom, he's going to reach out there and get the harlots and publicans right off the street and bring them in. He won't listen. Well, I know Brother Miller went well, but I'm uh, I just know that I've been preached to all my life that after the Holy Ghost has come upon me, I shall receive power. Yeah, why ain't you bore witness then? Why ain't you bore witness? The witness of the Gospels, the miracles, the deliverance. Amen. Adding 3,000 souls. <laughs> One time, 5,000 another. After... And as Sapphiras died, the Bible said Peter walked the streets and he shouted, healed the sick. There was added to the church multitudes, both men and women, said that they brought the sick out of all the cities around Jerusalem. And God healed them and delivered them, made them whole, set them free. That's what I'm looking for. That's the God I'm going to serve. He fixed them to do the same thing. Fixed to bear witness again. So start praying when you get down and pray. Say, God, if it be your will, bear me witness. Bear me witness. What was you talking about, Samson, Sister Susie? They led him up there and he put him hands on him pillows. He said, Lord, just one more time. Bear me witness. Bear me witness.
Samson, you know, every movie you see about Samson, he's muscular. And Samson's a little bitty man. Most Jews are 5'6 to 5'9, 5'10. They ain't big people. They're real sl most of them slim-built people. Wasn't physical strength. It was the anointment of the Holy Ghost. He said, Lord, bear me witness. Just one more time, bear me witness that you're God. The Bible said he killed more enemies at his death than he did the whole time he lived. If you take one man, the Spirit of the Lord come mightily on him, he takes the jawbone on the ass and killed a thousand armed soldiers. Armed with swords, spears, shields, armor, and he waded into them with the jawbone on the ass, killed a thousand men. Bear me witness, Lord. Just one more time. Just one more time, bear me witness. Amen. There's a chosen generation out there that'll receive this word if we'll get it to them. Our nation's in trouble. Homes are in trouble. There are more people divorced now than there are staying married. And it's a spirit. And don't think I'm going to drive the spirit back it's preaching a gospel of power like this. Preaching a gospel that's real. The devil loves what he does. We've got to put a stop to him. Amen. I appreciate the Lord today. I hope this word had an impact on you. And I hope it was a good impact too. Let's go to prayer. Father, I thank you for your word. I ask you, Lord, to let this word bear witness. God, open their understanding. It's not taking scriptures out of context and preaching something, Lord. It's taking the whole counsel. God, I've took your whole counsel today, and I've tried to make it evident that you're preparing a people. Lord, I don't know what these people's callings are. I don't know what their gifts are unless you show me. But, Lord, I know this is not for the whole church to go and do this, but this is for chosen witnesses. Raise up some witnesses, Lord, and bear witness by the Holy Ghost, both with signs, wonders, miracles, and the diverse gifts. Lord, make it real. Bring forth that chosen generation. Bring forth that holy nation. Bring forth that royal priesthood made in the image of Melchizedek. Bring us forth, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. I hope you all appreciate this word today. I really do. Because it had been easier not to have preached it. <laughs> I think people need to come out from under this condemnation. I don't offer prayer a lot, but if there's anybody in here you need me to pray for you, I'll pray the prayer of faith for you. I'll get Brother Elder up here and let him lay hands on you. Is that not what the Word says? Call for the elders of the church? I'll get him, Sister Deborah Bud Justin, up here. <laughs> Well, he, he's an elder of the church. He's even, he is the elder. I love the Lord. It's all right to have a good time when you go to the house of God. Amen. Hallelujah. No one needs prayer. I want you to target on praying. For God to bring his church together in prayer. And those of us that know that God's with us, let's step forward. Amen. Let's step forward. We are well able.
How many of y'all believe you got something in you that you're well able to take this land? I believe it. I know it. I got that confidence. I don't worry about God doing miracles. I feel a certain feeling come on me. God's going to do that miracle. Because I'm moved on by the Holy Ghost. He's going to do that miracle. Now, if I just pray for you, I've reached for a lot of people in faith. A lot of people's got healed. There's been some that hadn't. But God's not going to heal you and raise you up if you ain't living right. So you can just go out and commit sin and serve the devil. This thing's a covenant. It's a two-way street. There's conditions. Lord may heal you as a sinner. Lord, don't want you to stay a sinner. But you claim to be a saint and serving God. Don't expect God to heal you if you ain't going to serve him and live right. He ain't going to do it. He ain't going to do it. He has no obligation. When you break God's word, God has no obligation to uphold his side of the bargain. A covenant is an agreement between two or more parties. Amen? We're in a covenant with the Lord. How I many of y'all know this is covenant relationship? So the Lord expects you to do your part. Amen? I appreciate the Lord today. I feel good about this word. I feel real good about this word. Hallelujah. Can I get y'all to do y'all's part? I want to receive the offering. Uh-oh. That don't back up on me. I'm going to set the baskets down here. Most of you know the church offering ties over here. If you got something you want to help us with, it's going to be on this side. But all I want you to do is do what's right in the eyes of the Lord. Take these scriptures home and study them. And if you got questions about them, we got a Bible study Tuesday night. If you can be here, be here. We're trying to get it worked out where we can get everybody logged in on a computer, but we hadn't hit the right format yet because I know everybody can't be here, but those of you that can't, come be with us. We have a good time. We have a real good time. Sometimes two or three-hour Bible study, depending on how God moves. Hallelujah. How many of you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. Amen. Brother Matthew, brother right here. Uh-huh. He's the one that built the shed here. Okay. All right. He's a carpenter. Maybe we can get him one day. Do you? You know anything about roofing? I'm a little about it. Okay. Appreciate you coming. But Brother Terrell, before y'all get away, we're looking for pressure wash this roof, maybe try to get this old paint off of it, because we want to try to get it repainted. Oh. They said we didn't need new tin, we just need to put screws in it, and we can get the screws, get it put in it, and then we'd like to get it painted between now and homecoming, May the 21st, so if y'all know anybody can pray. I mean, I'm not asking people to do it for nothing, but I want them to be fair. So. 21st. 21st, so it's a Sunday after Mother's Day. So we got, what, a month and a half? Yeah, to almost two months. We're going to try to get the roof fixed, maybe paint the shed out here, maybe do some other stuff around the church. Thank you, sugar. That's my granddaughter. We got to bring both of them with us today. I tell people, enjoy your kids. 
because time goes by fast. My youngest one's fixing to turn 28 years old, and they got a baby coming in May. So, And it's like yesterday, he's sitting on my knee. It just goes by fast, real fast. So enjoy those memories. Spend all the time you can with them. Teach them to serve God. Teach them to pray. Teach them to live by the Word. And it'll come back and bless you. Amen. All hearts and minds clear. Will y'all go to prayer with me and let's ask God bless this offering. Father, we thank you for this. Lord, bless it. Lord, give us the finances we need. God, I'd like to see this church washed, painted, roof took care of. God, we want to get that tent up for two or three nights. Maybe have two or three nights preaching before we go into our homecoming on 21st of May. It takes finances, Lord. God, we know there's people that donate, but the world, God, they want that finance. And we need finances to get things done. Give us the people. Give us the finances. Give us those that's got ability. Bless this offering that we'll have what we need to get it done. In Jesus' name, amen. Sis Susie, come dismiss for us. I appreciate y'all. Appreciate seeing everybody here. Brother, you let us know if there's anything we can do. Pray for your wife or what if there's any way we can help you. And we're so glad to have you coming to be with us. Hope you enjoyed the word today. God bless y'all. We love you. It's a wonderful word, wasn't it? Something to eat on and study on. And I know that we're everyone going to go home this week and study Melchizedek and find out who he is, what he did, why he was here, where he's at now. Is that right? <laughs> he give us something to think on. Uh, and he pretty much already dismissed. I mean, uh, we can have prayer. Brother, you want to pray? Dismissal prayer for us? Yeah, sure. Yeah, go ahead.